We're rolling. Welcome, folks. Welcome, Gerard. We are interviewing a guest today. That's what we do on Thursdays. This guest is another old pal of mine. It's just about all the in-studio ones have been. But this one is in the military, and more specifically, the Army. Now, I kind of know what this guy does in the military, but I don't want to screw anything up before I get to talking to him, so I'll just ask him that and then let him say that. But other than that, I'm just going to introduce the one, and probably not the only, Jake Spencer. What's up, Jake? Hello. Say hello to the folks. Hello, folks. Jake, you're here today. I am indeed here today. You are correct. (laughs) Yes, and and you're not in the middle of the desert. Luckily, yes. That is true. (laughs) I am uh, not. In the so, Jake, why don't we get this rolling with you finishing the, in, the half-assed introduction that I did uh, and tell tell the people, like, what you can and what you do in the what? military and where you've been and stuff like that. What I can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I am in the Army. I got that part right. Yes, you did get that part right. Uh, I, my job is to operate tanks. Operate tanks. Yeah. So I say operate loosely because there's <laughs> four different jobs to okay. say inside of a tank. Yeah. So I can perform all of them. Mm, that's fancy. Are there different types of tanks? Uh, <laughs> we just have one. Oh, okay. But there are older models. Like there oh, are okay. a lot of tanks out there. Yes. So that's part of our job is to know everything about all the other tanks so that we can effectively destroy them so do you also fix the tanks because yes. i thought that was what you did but now you say operate tanks so so i <laughs> tanks break <laughs> literally sitting in a parking lot they just <laughs> fall apart just sitting there you, you come out and military you'll, grade you'll, you'll fix it the one day and you think you did a great job and you're like this thing's gonna make it you'll come back and like the next day, you just walk up next to it, something just falls off, and you're like, mm, nice, love it. Good. So I do fix them because they literally break just sitting there. Does that have to do with, like, where you are? Because I know you tend to be literally in the desert, like, a lot. Yes. Like, do, do those extreme conditions not help the fact that tanks just fall apart while sitting nowhere? Mm. Yes and no. So there's different... It's always a good answer. Depending on where you are, you get different problems with them. So if you are in like a swamp area, you'll have to deal with problems like condensation inside of places where there shouldn't be condensation or uh, just moisture and being inside of it because it's essentially a giant metal box. You're just sitting inside (laughs) of a metal box. It's a great time. Um, Sounds like it. But being in the desert, you don't have to deal with moisture or anything. You just deal with sand being yes everywhere <laughs> because sand gets everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. Quote from Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> it literally gets everywhere. <laughs> and so being in the desert, all you have to do is just deal with sand being in everything. In everything. Like, How do you deal with that? Do you, you don't. Do you have you like just... a sand pumper outer or something? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they 
uh, through there. Usually. Those, like, little canned air things you buy, like, clean oh. out your keyboard. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we use those a lot. <laughs> we go through, because we order boxes of them, like, 15, 16 in a box. We'll go through one. When we, when we have to clean, yes. like, actually clean, clean. Rags with water, hoses, pressure washers, shop vacs, and canned air. And your hands. And you just clean everything. And then you come back the next day, and because sand gets everywhere, <laughs> it's, it's more sand. Yes. It's fantastic. Sense. Yes. So you operate the tanks. What are you actually doing with them? What's the objective? Um, like blowing up rocks? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of the time we just shoot at plywood targets. Uh, so are you supposed to do that? That's just what you do? <laughs> That's just what we do. <laughs> okay. Um... And what we're supposed to do, I guess, right now. So, tanks can't be used in actual combat nowadays. <laughs> Wait. Mainly because they're really expensive. Okay. And if we our rounds are made of depleted uranium. But why? Why do we have them if we can't use them in combat? Well, we can <laughs> use them. We just choose not to because. But we still choose to. Put guys in the military that are in charge of well, yeah, maintaining so, and operating them. So, the the way the military is set up is so that it's always ready to go to war. That's the way it's supposed yes. to be. So you're I always, would hope so. You're always prepared. <laughs> and so, even if something isn't being used at that time, if you stop training people for that, or you stop filling those slots, then that job is no longer a thing. So when it comes time, you can't just, like, call them back oh, and be yeah, like, hey. You can't just be like, hey, emergency hires you in the Army. You haven't done this job in 15 years. Can you come do it again? And like, that's <laughs> not how that works. Yeah. So effectively, or essentially, we just train on things that we don't really use for real-life situations right now. But we still, we train with, like, live rounds. And we train all the time. Like eight times a year, we go out and shoot the tanks, and then you got to keep them warm. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, make sure they still shoot. Definitely. We, we well, I mean, we just shot them like a couple weeks ago, back when I was in the desert. How often do you take them out to do that? Um. So, tanks have a thing called gunnery, and it's essentially we go out and we shoot. We run lanes, so we go out to a huge range. <laughs> Most of it's bottled water. Uh, <laughs> we go out to a huge range that's like twenty miles long. Oh, okay. Because yeah, that's a little big. Tank rounds fly really far, <laughs> and uh, the range will have like different lanes, and mm -hmm. you just go down them, and you have to find targets. It's actually like a tank range. Yeah, it's yeah. actually a tank range. Yeah, that's cool. There's a lot of them, actually. That's kind of weird. I mean, it's normal. To think about. Us. Yeah, I guess it is normal for but you. It's but just like going to a, a shooting range. Like yeah, with a except rifle, it's except 20 miles long. Your rifles, there are tanks there. Yeah. <laughs> your rifle is just really big and shoots big bullets, essentially. <laughs> That's good. So, That's good to know. It's a how, fun time. How many like rounds can you fire in like a minute out in of like a tank? A minute? Depends. <laughs> what kind of round is being fired? Who's firing? Don't ask me these questions. But so we have certain rounds that can't be shot uh, more than once within a certain amount of time because they right. actually degrade the barrel. Right. 
So like we have a we have like a shotgun round. It's, it's literally just a giant shotgun shell, <laughs> and you can't shoot more than two of them without having your barrel inspected. Oh, okay. Like two of them ever? Well, no. So <laughs> when you shoot it, because it's a bunch of pellets just going down the barrel, right? It can tear up the barrel. Are they like normal shotgun-sized pellets, or no. are pellets also? Big? <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> or is it just like a they're, million little pellets? <laughs> there's actually 997 of them. Precisely, okay. exactly. Every single one, there's yeah. exactly 997 of them. Okay, so if you picture a tank, which I'm sure is just very easy for the average American citizen to do, and you picture like how big the barrel is, and a shotgun shell roughly proportional to that, well, and so then 997 rounds. Your your average shotgun shell is like what two and three quarter inches. Sure. Something like that big. These rounds are about. <laughs> they keep getting bigger, I see. <laughs> Four feet. Okay. Give or take a little bit. How do you load them up? Do you have to do like a team lift and be like, all right, guys. We're... No. Oh, here it goes. Well, for the most part, most loaders can lift tank rounds easily. Okay. Because the loader's supposed to be strong enough to. Right. The different rounds weigh different things. So we have like a high explosive round or like a really fast round. They're both, one weighs like 70 pounds, one weighs like 50. And you just pick them up. Move how them. many how many positions are there in this tank? Because like you're the operator. Now well, we're talking about loaders. So, excuse me, all four are operators. Okay. So we all join the Army. Right. The same as job. a tank. Okay. As the M1 a tank Armor man. crew member. Okay. And so... There's four different stations when you're an armor crew member. You can drive, load, gun, and then the commander of the vehicle. We call them tank commanders. And so you start off, well, in our army, of course, countries, other countries do it differently. Right. Um, you start off as the driver, and then you drive the vehicle. And then as you, like, progress in your career, you move up to be the loader. And so the driver literally just drives. He's right. in charge of everything that makes contact with the ground. Okay. So, like, the tracks on the side, he has to maintain them, and he maintains all his, like, vision blocks, his thermal imaging stuff, things he needs to drive. That's his job. And then the loader, his job is basically just in charge of the rounds and communications. So, like, we have radios right. and GPS systems and stuff like that. Yeah. He has to make sure all that's connected properly, works and all that stuff. And then he also has to load rounds, and then he has a machine gun that he can shoot. It's on like a bipod outside of the hatch. Bipod. Well, (laughs) it's a a rail-mounted machine gun, so it just swings on this rail. Oh, okay. And then you can traverse it. I like it. It's fun. (laughs) I bet it is. Uh, But he basically is just the go-getter guy. So if someone needs something done, it's just like, hey, loader, go do that. Go do this. Go do that. So okay. It's just like so always running around. Right. Hating his life. Yeah. Because he's always running around. Right. And then there's the gunner who's the primary person in charge of the gun tube. So the loader loads the rounds, and then the gunner shoots them, of course. Oh, okay. But the gunner has the main gun, which is <laughs> the main the gun. The main gun. <laughs> And then there's a little machine gun on the side of the main gun called the coax, and he's also in charge of that. 
Okay. So he makes sure they're clean and everything, and then he does all the fancy stuff like sighting things in You're and right. firing them. Yeah, all that stuff. And then the tank commander, who's in charge of the entire vehicle, he can be – he can use the main gun. So the tank essentially has two different controls for the main gun. The gunner has the main ones, and then the tank commander can just revert controls to his joystick. And so he just sits there and just plays with the joystick, and <laughs> the whole turret just swings around. <laughs> so he can do – the commander can do everything from his station. So it's built so that a tank can be run with three people, but it's most right. effective with four. With four. That makes a lot of sense, and that goes across, like, all the tanks. Are all the tanks the same yeah. thing, in, built the same way? In the army, er, in our army, all of our tanks are pretty much the same tanks. Some of them have different packages to them. So tanks aren't just tanks. <laughs> I'm sure they're not. There's, uh, Cause why would they be? There's different things that can be attached to the outside, different weapon yeah. systems that can go in them. And then, of course, if you're... Special forces in the military, you just like to take things and make them your own, like right. welding plates on. Right, because you're special. <laughs> They're definitely special. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. Jake, did you want to play with tanks when you got into the Army? Was that the goal? Yes. Or was that where you ended up? That was the goal. So the Army has a cool thing where you pick your job before you go in. So I know in, like, the Air Force, you write down, you pick, like, three you're like, this is your top three, and they try right. to get you into those three jobs. And then I think the Navy is the same way, but the Marines essentially just, like, I guess give you your job after basic. I'm not a Marine, so I don't know. Right. But when you join the Army, you literally walk into the office, and before you even swear in, you already pick your job. You already like, you like know, know what, what you're going to be doing. To. Yeah. That's helpful, Very. I guess. So, yeah. So you don't, like, join in and then don't know what you're doing. You essentially, you you, you, you know you what you're doing. doing your job. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which okay. is, I mean, is nice. We got that. Got through that. But uh, some jobs, not everything's always available. So, right. like, dog handlers, for example, something I really wanted to be. Oh. Uh, there, so many people want to be them that there's no open slots. Right. So they'll be like, how many slots are there? I don't know. Are, like, so essentially, when you go to the recruiting station, they like pull up this huge long document database of find, <laughs> find your job, and then it'll the army will tell you how many slots are open, and if there's an okay. open slot, they can reserve it. Is there a place that just anybody can go to look at all the job descript all the job titles that are in the army, so you like yeah can get a sense. Of, there's apps, or you can okay. Google it. Yeah, like if you just yeah. go to the army website, <laughs> like jobs in the army. Yeah, it literally comes up. It, yeah. So did you look through the whole list and you were like, tanks? Yeah. Or, or were you just like, tanks? I I looked through the whole list and there were a couple of choices. Like, I really want to be a dog handler, but they... Right. Yeah, we got through that. <laughs> that never happens. And so I was like, I saw tanks or a M1 armor crewman and I was like, that sounds cool. Tanks yeah. sound fun. <laughs> and so I did it. And I mean, it was a pretty good time so far. Yeah. Sure sounds like it. It's just some things make it worth it and some things don't. Don't make it worth it. Yeah. True. Okay, yeah, that's pretty true. And you've been, what? what is it now? I don't have any concept of time anymore. Three years, Three four years? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. So the average of yeah. what I said. Um, yeah, 
And are you done soon after you hit your whatever yeah. contract mark thing, however so that works? October-ish, I'll be be out. You'll be free. Well, new. kind of out. Okay. So I signed up for an eight-year contract in okay. the beginning, but only three and a half, a little bit more than three and a half of it is uh, active duty. Okay. After that, your name just goes on a list yes. for people to be called back. So if we ever went to uh, okay. war yeah. within the next five years, they could. They have every right to be like, yeah. hey, Jake. You're, you're coming back here. They'll <laughs> yeah. just give you a report date and you have to be there. And you're yeah. like, okay. Yeah. But so it's like the pre-draft draft. The pre- so like, pre-draft draft. Okay. In World War II, Got we it. had the draft. Where everyone signed yes. up and then they pulled people right. in. Well, if we ever did World War III. It's like, it's like a hot list yeah. of people. So they take the people that they'll do this list first, and then right. if they don't have enough people, they'll go to the draft. Uh, yeah. But I have the misfortunate – well, I don't know if it's misfortunate, but I'm on both. So <laughs> I'm going I'll in – probably end up there. <laughs> going in regardless if that happens, yeah. but I don't think that's pretty nifty. I was about to ask you something. But, okay, so you're, you're, you're kind of going to be done shortly. Yeah. And was that was that always the intention was to do three and a half, four years, whatever, because you could, I'm assuming you could stay longer if you wanted to. Yeah. So if you join the military at 18, well, I joined when I was 17, but if you're in for 20 years, you could retire. Yes. So being retired at 39 is pretty nice. Yeah. And you can essentially live off of that paycheck. You're not going to have, like, a huge house or anything and new cars, right. fancy cars, but you can live. comfortably live mm-hmm. off of that paycheck, and it's not bad at all. But the original plan was to do, I want to do eight years, Okay. but a lot of things change, Okay. of course. Yeah, so that does happen. As I went through, I was like, you know what, I really, because originally I didn't want to go to school at all. I was like, high school, done. Right. <laughs> I, I don't want to go back to school ever. And then I joined the Army, and it changes your perspective on a lot of things. Does it? And so you're just like, well, I, I mean, probably... I, I, I didn't mean it that way. Like, I know that, but, like, on school, <laughs> does it? So to me it did because when I was on deployment, we didn't have a lot of stuff to do some days. We did, but we didn't. Oh, okay. Like, you have a lot of downtime because yes. you're just waiting for things to happen. Right. And so... When you're just sitting there, you're like, well, I could probably do this. And then you start, like, realizing in life that you could do a lot of things yeah. in your time. <laughs> you have you, a lot of time in the day. Like, yeah, there's a lot of time to do as stuff. As much as people don't really realize that. I faced the same thing in, like, the gap year I unintentionally took. But, like, for from, like, I dropped out of school a month into school, college, a month into college. And then it took me, like, two months to find a job. And, like, in those two months, I just woke up and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do <laughs> all day long? And then and then eventually I went back to school and had a job and started doing this podcast. And now I have a lot of things yeah. filling up my days, but it's a lot better that way than just not having anything to do at so all. In so you're still going to go to, like, Penn State for turf management? No, <laughs> definitely not doing that. No. The, the plan is to go to Keystone because it's right in the backyard. Yeah. And then uh, if you do three years active duty, you get the GI Bill. Yeah. And Keystone has the Yellow Ribbon Program, which is, since it's a private school, your GI Bill doesn't give you 
free college education. It gives you a certain amount of money per semester. Okay, yeah. And Keystone's like since it's a private school, it's just above that. It's like oh, okay. twenty four thousand. The army gives you like twenty three. Yeah. But with the yellow ribbon program, it's a that's a plane. <laughs> uh, with the yellow ribbon program, they finish paying for that. Do they finish paying for that? Like regardless of so regardless of how much it is with the yellow ribbon program, the rest of your tuition is just paid for. Okay. So the yellow ribbon program is a program that does that with like military folk yes. everywhere is that the idea if you, you use you, the if, like if if the college accepts the yellow ribbon program or whatever yes. they work with them the yellow ribbon program is like we will pay the difference between tuition and your gi bill yeah okay so it's nice and then on top of that uh, the army gives you money for books every think semester every semester you get yeah. money for books, and then every... Which, frankly, just I know, I think Keystone gives you your books yeah. anyway. But, yeah. So, uh, and then also they pay for housing, or you can choose... So they pay for food and housing, or you can choose to do the school's food and housing. Okay. So you can basically go to school a lot of different ways with different GI Bills. So right now there's two separate GI Bills. There's one where the GI Bill, they just give the money to you. Everything like, is just given to like, you. Here's the money. And then you use the money to pay for school and everything. So you get the money right. first, and then you pay. So it's like getting cash for Christmas. It's yeah. like pick your presents. Yeah. Okay. Or you can do it where they pay the school first, which is what I'm doing. So depending on which school you go to and which state, different GI Bills work differently. So I know in, like, California – or in Texas, if you join the military from Texas, they automatically pay for your school without using the GI Bill, nothing. Texas just, they have a law where if you enlist in the United States military and you serve your three years, they will pay for you to go to school. The state of Texas will, as long as it's a school that originated in Texas. Okay. So, if like, I know, what is it, University of Phoenix started in Phoenix, Arizona. But if there right. was like University of Dallas or something like that. Yeah. But you wanted to go in, like, Oregon, yeah, but they, they have had like a university yeah. house. You could go there because that school originated from Texas. From Texas, yeah. Or if that it's a school in Texas. So, or if it's a school in Texas. That. So, like, if there, is a, if there is a school that did not originate in Texas but, but it has a Texas, branch in Texas, yes. you can go to that as branch. As long as it's in Texas. Okay. That makes sense. What are you going to go to school for? Uh, environmental biology. Environmental biology. Yeah. Wow. Talk about that. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what is what is that? I know what that is to an extent, but for the sake of someone might not. Let's. Well, I mean, I don't know too thing. too much about it either. <laughs> that's why you're getting the degree. Yeah, I guess, that's why right? I'm going to school for it. Right. But uh, the plan is, when all is said and done, I want to get a job with Fish and Wildlife or okay. Fish and Boat or the Department of Conservation of Natural Resources, something like in Pennsylvania that deals with wildlife. You're an outdoorsy person. Yes. <laughs> but I also that's something else I could have said in the introduction. Jake is an Eagle Scout, as am I. I don't think yeah. I've ever brought that up. We were in the same Boy Scout troop, and long we time ago, probably both didn't deserve our Eagle awards. But we got them. <laughs> they're there. Um, but I also want to get my helicopter pilot's license next summer. 
most, yeah, most why not? interesting I man mean, ever, that's... Jake Spencer. <laughs> uh, but the end game was to fly for like fish and boat or Department of Conservation and Natural Resources or something like that. Something with Ooh, the environment. Something like that, yeah. But flying helicopters. That's pretty cool. I'd do it. I'd do it up. Is that going to be four-year bachelor's degree at Keystone or... So the helicopter, I have to pay on my own. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's straight all me out of pocket <laughs> because the Army will pay for one education, but won't pay for right. So, Which I guess is reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> so the bachelor's degree will be for four years. Of course, that's a bachelor's degree. <laughs> um, At least if you do it right. Yeah. For a lot of people now, a bachelor's degree is like five and a half years. Or, or if you're Gerard, the bachelor's degree is 20 months. So there's that. Of course. But uh, so hopefully I'm using the money that the Army gives you for housing since I'm going to be living homes right down the road. Right. So they give you money for food and housing. And since I'm not. But you don't need food or housing. Because I'm living at home. Yeah. I just pocket all that. Fair enough. So and then you're going to use that to get the helicopter. That's the plan at least. Uh-huh. Investing. So. Just managing money, but else where do you even go to do that? Where do you get your? Where do you acquire your helicopter pilot so license a, thing? There's a school in Harrisburg. I still have to do a little research on it, but there's a school in Harrisburg that actually accepts the GI Bill. So if I wanted to do that, I could, but I don't. <laughs> uh, and you essentially just go there for three months, and they teach you everything there is. And then you walk out of there with your private helicopter pilot's license. Right. And then you, and then you can just fly helicopters all over the place. Well, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, you could fly a private helicopter. Okay. But in order to fly oh, well, for... Like, like commercial helicopters or that's like the life flights and stuff, you probably, I'm sure, need yeah, so something else. You have to go back and get your commercial pilot's license, okay. which is you have to have like 120... I mean, same thing with driving. Well, yeah, <laughs> you need to get your driver's license, and then if you want to drive trucks, you have to get your CDL yeah. or motorcycles. Just your commercial driver's license. Yeah. So that makes sense that you have yeah. to do that and stuff. So that'll take another summer. Just do things in the summer in between school. Yeah. Live a busy life. Gerard, what were you asking, Jake, that we said we should wait until the mics are on? The gear thing? That's Was it. that it? Yeah. Jake, when you go into the military... <laughs> Apparently, they offer you a bunch of gear, or they well, issue you they, a bunch yeah, of gear. Yeah, they issue a bunch of gear. And Gerard asked that if you obl- obliterate your original gear in some way, shape, or form, do you have to buy your own secondary gear? So, it all depends. Of course it does. Some, some gear that you get issued, so let's say bulletproof vest. Okay. Well... Bulletproof. We have <laughs> bullet resistant vests. Vests with plates and plates and vests and stuff. <laughs> uh, if you the vest has plates and the plates have vests. If you, for example, like most of it, if it's not your fault, you can take it to your central issue facility and they'll just take the broken one and give you a new one. So, like for example, if I got shot in my bulletproof vest and it just took the bullet right. but and you didn't shoot yourself but it's, yeah, <laughs> but it's broken now since right. it's yeah bullet resistance has been depleted <laughs> you just take it and they just give you a new one 
Fair enough. And it's just like, oh, you broke this. We hate you, but here's a new one because you need it. Right. But if it's something like a uniform, so when you go to basic, you'll get issued, like, all your uniforms, boots, and shoes, stuff like that. If you break those, those are non-reissuable items. Okay. And so if so, you rip that uniform or you get, a, like, a severe stain on it and it's no longer a serviceable uniform, then you have to buy a new one with oh, your okay. own money. That makes sense. Kind of sucks. I thought you were just saying they didn't give you a new one. I was like, what happens? Do you just have to, like, leave the army? (laughs) No, (laughs) you you are forced to buy your own uniform, and it's just, it kind of sucks because one uniform is $120. Yeah. And you wear them every single day. Yes, it could be worse. Could be $121. Could be $120.73. It could be. But it's not too bad. Yeah, I guess not. You're how sup- does how does the the pay work in the military? Is so, that something you're allowed to go over? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. They never told me not to talk about money. <laughs> so yeah, we'll do it. Nobody watches. With each rank, of course, you get paid more money. Okay. As it goes. Right. And there's a lot of things that contribute into your paycheck. So you can set up allotments. Everything is direct deposit. Everything's, yeah, it's all online. You can right. organize everything from the website, all that stuff. I'm just saying, like, basically, how do you get paid? You have like a contract. You get this much, or is there yes, like an hourly or a no. weekly or something like that? Well, okay. If you so being in the military, it's technically a 24-hour job. Right. 24 hours a day. You're every day of the year. Yeah. Except for when you're on leave. Yes. So, if you break it down as like a PV2, which is what I started at, which is private second class, you make like $2 an hour. Right. 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. Gotcha. Every day of the year. And so, um, but there's a lot of other things that can go in. So you can set up allotments so that before you even get paid, money gets taken out and put in like a retirement right. or yeah. another account, yeah. anything like that. But also... If you are not married, so if you're a single soldier and you're a sergeant, E5 and below, you have to live in the barracks. Like, you have to live in the barracks. (laughs) Right. You don't have to actually live there, but you have to have a room there that is maintained by you. Right. And so they charge you for it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They also charge you because... wait a minute. (laughs) If you live in the barracks, you have to eat... With the army food, too. Yeah. And they charge you for that, they too. They charge you for that, too. <laughs> so that's called your uh, basic, basic allowance for housing and basic allowance for... But does that just get drawn right out of your yeah. paycheck then? Okay. So you just don't see that money at all. Ever. Right. And so, like me, I've never seen that because I'm a single soldier. Right. And so... But once you get married, you get those two fundings go to you. Okay. Like you, that doesn't get deducted anymore. But do you also lose? I'm assuming the the barracks, the, yeah, and the ability to eat for free on post, free <laughs> on post. Right. And so, a lot of people just get married, just <laughs> like I want this extra money, and you can get married. <laughs> the one weird situation where getting married is a good financial decision. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, also when you get married, they'll give you extra money, so you can live. Yeah, right. house. Yeah. And so not only do they not take away money, but they give you extra money. 
so that you can support your family. Yes. Whether that be real or not. <laughs> and uh, pay for like an apartment or a house. And so depending on where you live. But when you're on, when you're in the military, you're generally moving around to a lot of different places. So do you have to. Also depends. Find, find a house apartment like in so wherever you are. You can enlist for, uh, or you can go in depth, or you can claim stability. So, like for example, if you want your kids to go to the same elementary school, the same high school, like everyone, say you're in Georgia. Yes. And you really like the Georgia. state. Yes, the state, <laughs> not the country, the state. And you you really like like the school around that area that you're stationed at and all that stuff. So you're like, I want my kids to go here. You can enlist to just stay there for the rest of your military contract. You just stay there, which is kind of good, kind of not good. Right. You stay in the same unit the whole time. Yeah. I mean, some people do it, though. I mean, I guess it makes sense in that situation. Yeah. So you can choose to stay there or you can uh, move around. Yeah. A lot of people just move around. As a as a married yeah. person. Now, if you're doing that, do you still get, like, the extra money that's supposed to help you pay for the house and stuff? Probably, because it's yeah. probably the idea is to pay for a house, but it, even though you're not it, living in it. But then where where do you stay if you're married, but moving around well, you'd, with so the military? You'd move with the military, you move to different posts. Like, you always stay by a on in a post. Okay. So you'll get paid. You get an apartment either outside of the post. So, all right. You can either choose to live on post or off post. Right. That, those sound like the two options. On post, the army gives you this money, but then they just take it. Okay. And they're like, you're living on post. It's going to cost your full money that we're giving you. So we'll just take it back. Gotcha. So if you live on post, it's a little bit easier because you don't have to deal with money handling. Like the army yeah. does everything. Yeah, you, you don't just... have to sign a lease. You don't have to rent anything. Yeah. Nothing. And then when you leave, you're just like, hey, I'm leaving now. And they're like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> and you just leave. It's, yeah. it's easy. It's quick. A lot of people do it because it's just easier. And then you're already on post. so You don't have to go through the gates and sit in all that traffic mm-hmm. in the morning on the way to work. You just go to work because you're right. already there. But... A lot when, of people, when do people that live off post go to work? Is it is it nine to five? Is it some other? Is it, eh. So PTs at six in the morning. Okay. So depending on how far you live, a lot of people wake up at like five. <laughs> okay. Drive to work, get to work in time because you have to be fifty minutes early for everything. Yeah. So PT that actually starts at like let's see, it starts at six thirty. You have to be there at six. And then everyone likes to do checks. So depending on how strict your people are, you might even have to be there at like 530. <laughs> Good. And so depends on how strict or... When do you get to leave? <laughs> um, depends when work's done. Yes, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Is that, is that basically the criteria? So like? normally it's 9 to 5. That's work. Right. Of course, PT is from... In the morning, you go to PT from like 630 to 730. And then you'll have 7.30 till 9. Is that generally a Monday through Friday thing? Yes. Okay. And then you do PT from 
or no, you get breakfast and right. personal time from 7.30 to 9, and then 9 is when work starts. Yes. And then you work until like 11.30-ish, give or take, and then you get an hour. You have until 11, from 11.30 to 13 to eat lunch. Okay. Sometimes those times shift around. Right. Depending on what you're doing that day. And then at 5 o'clock or 17, mm-hmm. you get off. Or you're supposed to. <laughs> you're supposed to. Okay, good. My, uh, my unit is a little behind on maintenance. So because of all the sand? No, <laughs> not because of the sand. Uh, but that 17 gets, or 5 o'clock at night gets stretched to like 7.30 at night, 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. It's midnight, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, uh, and we're back to work the next day. And we're <laughs> coming into work in three hours. <laughs> yeah. So it all really depends on what you're doing, what's happening. We're getting all types of motors in this podcast: <laughs> oh, yeah. airplanes, lawnmowers. <laughs> so you know, someone's going to drive by on a motorcycle. Cool. How does the leave thing work? So, like, you get a designated amount yes. of leave time when you sign up. They're like, you're going to have this much time, and then you have to like fill out. An application for leave or something like that. To so in uh, every month you make two and a half leave days. Okay. But you can't take a half day. That makes sense. So you can take five days every two months. Okay. So essentially in the year. Or you could make, you take could you take two days every month if for some reason you wanted to? Yeah, but and then would that half one that's roll just over? Stupid because yeah, I'm sure it is, <laughs> you but can take a. a mileage pass <laughs> which is a four day essentially you can ask right. for a four day and if they approve it they'll just be like hey goodbye <laughs> four days you're just gone see you around um but if it's a five day break period then it's leave you can't go over okay. four days for like a rest period and okay. so one full year in the army gives you 30 leave days oh okay but most of the time most units have like a they'll have block leaves so Usually around Christmas time and in the middle of the summer, there are it's a time period set apart from everything else where everyone just goes on leave. Oh, okay. And so, but you're still using your yeah, you still use your leave days. That. Okay, but you just go on leave. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually it's like and then during there's those just nobody in the army <laughs> during those time <laughs> periods. There's um, it's basically just your opportunity to take leave. Like, no one's going to decline if you want to take leave. So when you take leave, you submit it, and then right. it could be approved or declined. So if I was just like, like just right approved. now. Yeah, like you're here right yeah. now. Like you're on so leave. I'm not during one of those time periods. So it had to be approved, and they could have been like, no, you're not taking leave right now because this is not the the time <laughs> when you're supposed to take leave. Right. So you have to have, like, a reason you're taking leave. You can't just, like, take leave. Be like, hey, I just don't want to be here for the next week. It's now, can you do time. that and make up a reason like everybody else does when they call yeah. in sick to work and stuff? Pretty and much. Like, oh, family emergency. Yeah. But there's also other things. So if there's like a death in the family, you can go home on emergency leave. That can't get declined. You, okay. But that still takes your leave days. Right. What if you don't have leave days yet? And you can't take leave. You can't take an emergency leave either? Well... So it depends on the unit also. A lot of things depend on different things. Yeah, they do. Because if your commander is, like, really cool, then he'll let you go in the whole leave days. 
so it's just negative leave days. And then as your years go, like as your months go, you're just getting yourself out of the hole instead of, so you're just taking out a loan of leave days. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then you have to pay them back. And then you pay them back with leave days. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I guess that works, all things considered. There's probably some little finicky frustration that goes into that kind of thing, but yeah, I can imagine overall the system works. Yeah. I, I mean, like to I like to think that our military kind of has it together. It it works when everyone does their job. Yeah. So as do most things, not just yeah. the army. So if you get a bunch of like lazy people that don't want to do their jobs, then certain areas fall behind or start slacking. Yeah. Like our paperwork people, they're S one. We call them S one. Uh, a lot of units S ones don't like to do paperwork, even though it's literally their job. All they do is do paperwork. And a lot of people, they'll lose paperwork or it gets jumbled up because they deal with giant amounts of people. Paperwork. And paperwork. <laughs> and so a lot of people are like, man, our S1's garbage. And mm-hmm. they'll have pay issues. Like the whole unit as a whole will have like pay issues. They'll have people, paperwork issues. Like promotions won't go through. Passes won't go through. Leave won't go through. Like all... It's just has mess. that ever been an issue for you in any of those areas? I've never had any issues. Okay. So I mean, I don't really have any complaints about ours. Ours is pretty good. They're getting their stuff together now. So good. how does this whole like unit thing work? Do you get do you get assigned to a unit yes. after you get out of whatever? Do you have any say over? So you go that? through basic. No, you have no say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do that. Just walk us through like the whole process. All like. Right. You just decided you're going to go into the military at 17, 18, whatever. Like, what's next? So you pick a branch. That's a good. Course. That's a good thing it's to do. It's a good, good place to start. Um, you did want to be a marine at one point or another, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> changed my mind. Probably a good idea. Maybe, maybe not. Don't know. <laughs> Depends don't, on if there are any marines watching this. Don't want to bash them too bad. The <laughs> the crane eaters out there. Um, but uh, so. Essentially, what I did was I joined the Army. I picked my job. And so I was like, I want to be that. And they're like, okay, you leave on this date to go to basic training. The combat arms jobs, so tankers, cavalry scouts, and infantrymen are all combat arms. We're the three combat arms branches. And so our training is all in the same place. So we don't leave anywhere to do additional training. We just stay there. We keep the same instructors, same drill sergeants, same platoons. Like, everyone just oh, stays okay. there. You all train together. Yeah. But if you pick a job, let's say you want to be a chemical, biological, nuclear person. <laughs> we call them Seaburn. <laughs> okay. Uh, they will go to training at literally anywhere. Most of the time it's Fort Jackson. And then they'll go someplace else to do their school training. So they'll, everyone gets trained to be a soldier first. So like you go through the whole, learn how to shoot a rifle, learn how to march, the whole getting yeah. yelled at, push-ups, that whole stuff. Yeah. Learning. Is that uh, how that actually goes? Is it yeah. like how close is that to the stereotypical that's, type of? That's it. Oh, okay. You go there, you shoot rifles, you'll throw a grenade. There's different things that you have to do in order to like pass. Right. And so you have to pass physical standards. 
uh, height and weight standards, and all that stuff. And so that's like three months. And that can be, there's different places that you can go to. Like I went to Benning in Georgia, which is pretty nice. I like Benning. Um, other people go to like Jackson or Leonard Wood or any of the other places. Yeah, it's just that <laughs> They move them every once in a while. Yeah. And so you do that, and then there's a your advanced training, so the training for your job. So when you pick a job, you train for that job. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. And so as tankers, when we start off, our drill sergeants are most of the time tankers. So when we go through our basic training phase, and then when we're done with that, we just stay there, and then they teach us about tanks. But a lot of people that don't have one station unit training, they'll do their basic training, and then they'll go someplace else. And then the instructors there will teach them how to do their jobs, like work with computers or Seaburn stuff and all that stuff. Is this like a continuous learning thing the whole time you're there? Like, do you still have to go through any trainings and learnings on like a daily basis well you just during those things yes once you pass ait your advanced training you get assigned a unit and then you don't you don't train on your job well you you train but you don't learn new things okay you just refresh the skills yeah (laughs) until you actually have to use the skills oh okay but there's still like so we still have to qualify rifle ranges, machine gun ranges, grenade ranges, anything on your job. So most jobs, they'll have like a test you have to test out on every once in a while just to make sure that you still know how to do your job. And then you go on deployments and then you use your skills for things. What if you don't you test don't out on those test things? Out on them? Just, do they run you back through the ringer like all over again? No, you don't go back through AT. <laughs> once you... you just- once you do your basic training and your AIT, you don't go back. As long as you stay in the military or the that branch, you don't have to go back through basic training. That's probably in, good. I'm unless guessing. you become a drill sergeant, then you have to go back through because in order to become a drill sergeant, you have to learn how to teach basic training. So they right. put you back through basic training, and right. then they make you teach it. Right. So. Fair enough. Yeah. Sounds good. I think that's all I got. Is that all you got? I don't have any questions. <laughs> okay. We're going to wrap it up there. All I'm right. just going to wrap it up. I'm not even going to do the spiel. There's a spiel? 